Linda Moulton Howe is an American investigative journalist best known for her work as a ufologist and advocate of a variety of conspiracy theories, including her own investigations of crop circles and cattle mutilations, speculating that they are caused by non-human entities. But are her claims truly independent, or is Linda, like the rest of us, subject to her own bias and prejudices? Join myself and Neil here on Aliens Explored as we look into the life and work of Linda Moulton Howe. And if you like this episode or any of our episodes and would want to help us continue into the future, then check out our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Aliens Explored. And for the low, low price of two GBP per month... Uh, you can help us uh, move into the future. Aliens Explored is a weekly podcast exploring famous and obscure cases of UFO sightings, alien abductions and other strange events from both a believing and a sceptical perspective whilst keeping an open mind. I'm Stu Jackson, a professional actor and amateur ufologist with a particular interest in the crop circle phenomenon. I'll be debating that otherworldly visitations are real. The truth is out there. And I'm Neil Kelly. I'm a professional actor as well and used to work for the military as an intelligence analyst. I'll be arguing from a more doubtful point of view. I mean, it's all a bit far-fetched, isn't it? Hello, listeners, and welcome to Aliens Explored, your weekly podcast looking at the mysterious skies, lights in the skies, objects in the skies, which dive into the sea and which exercise the talents of people in secret smoke-filled back rooms and and government conspiracies and all sorts of things like that. I'm one of your hosts, Neil Kelly. And I'm your other host, Stu Jackson. Uh, How are you doing, Neil? I'm doing very well, thank you. How are you? Good, yeah, not bad, not bad, thank you. Um, work's starting to pick up a little bit, so I've got an audition tomorrow. Oh, good. Uh, an in-person audition, which is nice. Nice. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I found I've got this area of dead space that I can't use, because I, I did that play, mm-hmm. and I wasn't really available for things until that was over. And then it's three weeks until I go on holiday. And of course, everything that's coming up is either in that holiday time or encroaching on it. So um, I'm just now, just I'm about to go on holiday on, on Saturday, everyone, off to France. Um, and um, I'm just starting to see jobs that will will happen after my after I get back. So um, Right, right. Yeah. So just getting into it. Which means that you'll be away on holiday for the time that you'll be applying for those. So you're going to have oh, yeah, dead space yeah. afterwards as well. I'll, I'll be sat on the beach or on my balcony just clicking on my phone and applying for jobs. Oh, you're still going to apply whilst you're there? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's my wife who needs a holiday, really. She's a school teacher. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really need much of a holiday from checking my email once or twice a day. I think if, I can. Uh, that, if, that won't spoil my holiday. It would have done in my old corporate role if I'd have been on holiday and I'd have I'd have been getting stuff about meetings and spreadsheets and project plans. Or yeah, I wouldn't have. I would have considered that an encroachment on my holiday. The thing mm. that I'd taken a holiday from. I think being an actor is the kind of job you don't really need much of a holiday from, especially if your your acting work is at the <laughs> level where you think holidays I'm... tend to be enforced. <laughs> They do, they yeah. do. Although even when we're not working, we're we're busy applying for stuff, and I I don't know. I mean, yeah. I don't tend to take holidays per se anymore. Um, mm. I, I'll have like weekends away. Yeah, and and as we know, when we're sat at home watching Netflix or Amazon or something, we're we're working, aren't we? I mean, we're... <laughs> yes, yes, that's a, definitely de- de- download a video. That's that's a, that's tax deductible, mate. That's that's work. Oh, definitely, definitely. That's perhaps that's I shouldn't say research. that sort of thing too too far and wide. <laughs> Why we listening? Well, it's often for research purposes. It often yeah. is. Yeah. Often oh, in is. fact, it always is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you can tell we're not accountants. Um, <laughs> yes, any advice received on this show uh, should not be taken too seriously. Um, yeah. So I've been trying to think of a, a nice little segue. Um, into today's subject matter, uh, but I can't I think, think of one. I, I sense a clumsy one coming up. I'm not even yeah, going to bother. They have to crowbar <laughs> this one in because this week we are talking about a lady, a woman named Linda Moulton Howe. Yes, speaking of people who may or may not have been on holiday at some point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Linda Moulton Howe has been on holiday somewhere. Um, yeah, so a lot of I think a lot of our listeners um, might be sort of familiar, uh, at least loosely, with Linda Moulton Howe. She's a mm. bit of a mover and shaker in ufology. Has been for uh, nearly forty-five years now. Um, yes, I mean she's she's an American investigative journalist. Um, she's uh-huh. won a regional Emmy and. Uh, well, she for a documentary film, um, but um, yes, yeah, she seems to be more known as a investigative journal journalist and ufologist or conspiracy theorist well, in some she, quarters. She's won uh, a number of awards for her mm. work over the years. Uh, she's, I mean, she's she's well qualified as well. She's got a master's uh, degree in communication. From uh, Stanford, yeah. Yeah. Started out as an environmental journalist. Yeah. Uh, primarily. Uh, so lots and lots of, uh, um, yeah, work on, um, um, on smog pollution. issues. Yeah, yeah, smog pollution in Los Angeles, um, hydrogen as an alternative energy source to fossil fuels, and uh, one about uranium contamination of public drinking water in a Denver suburb. For those of our listeners who are listening in Denver, or well, it was quite some time ago. Yeah, so I think it's fair to say she's always had, she's always used her journalistic career to um, to highlight plights of people uh, mm. to basically help make the world a better place. I mean, that sounds a bit. It might sound a bit 
bold to some people. It might sound a bit wishy-washy to others, perhaps, but uh, but that's certainly the impression I get uh, from her career. Mm. Um, I, I've got a slightly different impression, but uh... oh, share it. That's what <laughs> we're okay, here for. I, um, I think um, I, I think we're in general a shed territory or um, Rudy Giuliani territory we've got someone who's a respected figure in their field who suddenly gets a bee in their bonnet about something and goes off the rails a bit and suddenly isn't quite so doesn't apply the same rigor um to her investigations into ufos as she had into other things previously that's my two pence worth going in straight away there okay uh so it, it is fair to say that most of the awards she has won have been since she started into the ufology hmm. uh, sphere. Now, she didn't just go straight in and go looking at, at all kinds of UFOs and things like that. Hmm. Um, she actually started it with... And, and I'm not 100% sure, but it seems to me that uh, it kind of led on somewhat from the environmental side of things. Uh, she started with cattle mutilations. That's right. Uh, she produced a, a documentary called Stra- A Strange Harvest. Yes, um, in 1980. With, 1980. So, yeah, there she is coming up to 40 years old, and which suggested that the unusual wounds found on cattle are the work of extraterrestrials. Mm. Um, for for whatever reason, and that furthermore that the U.S. government is complicit. Um, the documentary received a regional Emmy Award for audio achievement in 1981, but then she became, in, according to Wikipedia, in inverted commas, a staunch advocate for these ideas and began to focus on conspiracy theories about UFOs and connections. There are connections with cattle mutilations. Um, she actually said, "Quote." I am convinced that one or more alien intelligences are affecting this planet. Mm. Um, she claimed she was shown secret documents after being taken into confidence by a government agent. Um, a, a, an author, John Greer. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, no, the author John Greer later and said that actually how presented no evidence for such claims other than the uh, very ambiguous evidence provided by rotting cow carcasses that's that's pretty much all she had so that's where i'm getting on that you know she suddenly suddenly lost her her academic rigor the the um well i'm gonna there was, I, I, she, I'm gonna she, she, she went, okay that uh a bit and i mean we we've you and I, we've talked about cattle mutilations. It was a long, long time ago, mm. uh, way back in episode six. So it was one of our first yeah. uh, subject matters that we we looked at. And definitely, you know, there is definitely a strange phenomenon at work there with um, mm. precision removal of, uh, of organs or um, mm. body parts from from various cattle um without going into too much <laughs> gory detail of it right here but it's it, it's also very heavily associated with ufology because a lot of ufos have been sighted at scenes where cattle mutilations have taken place it's not a hmm. it's not a huge jump 
to make um, that they're associated. For, for me, it's a massive jump. For me to say, okay, there's this thing up in the sky and I don't know what it is. I can't identify it. Mm-hmm. Um, it hasn't appeared on any radar or whatever, but I definitely saw something and I don't know what it is. That's that's one view. Just I saw this thing. I don't know what it is. For me, it's a huge leap to say that that's, that's um, an alien craft with an intelligence on it that's from another world. Similarly with cattle mutilations, you see a mutilated cow, maybe organs removed. I don't know what caused this. Um, if a human did it, I can't think why they did it. And there are all sorts of obstacles to a human doing it. I don't know how they did it or why they did it or whatever. But again, to me, it's a huge leap to say, well, this was done by a paranormal or extraterrestrial entity and that our government is somehow complicit in it without without any evidence. But that's that's kind of the point. She's not saying aliens did it and the government is complicit. She's saying something that, that I feel is importantly different... Uh, in the, mm. she's saying she believes aliens did it and that the government is complicit. Um, she's saying I am convinced. Yeah, she's so, convinced. She's so not she's saying. Convinced. And you know, she's not saying it is a factual thing. She's saying she has been convinced of it. Mm. Now, now that is an opinion. Yeah, that you know, saying I am convinced of this, that is an opinion, um, and. Let's not forget as well that as soon as somebody does stand up and saying this is an area, a field of study that deserves proper investigation when it comes Mm. to ufology, and you get exactly the same with crop circles as well, Mm. you instantly get the debunkers out in force. You instantly get the the naysayers, the ridiculers, the the people who come in with their ad hominem attacks. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and I think Linda Moulton Howe has, has definitely been uh, a victim of that uh, by standing up, by drawing public attention to cattle mutilations. Uh, yeah, she's, she's um, been the source of... Uh, sorry, she's been the recipient mm. of uh, of a lot of, uh, yeah, debunking, shall we say? Yeah, I mean, uh, she she has she, I mean, maybe she's backpedalling a bit. Um, she has described herself as a as an investigative journalist, mm-hmm. primarily, um, but other people have said, you know, she's the the most preeminent UFO investigator in the world. She's okay. been named as one of the gurus of American ufology. Herself, as I say, she says, uh, I'm a television producer and investigative reporter. But uh, much of her work includes speculations about unexplained phenomena, such as cattle mutilations, crop circles, UFO sightings, alien abductions, mm-hmm. all the stuff, which, yeah, as you, as you rightly say, people do get ridiculed as soon as they start looking into it. Yeah. Um, well... Do they get ridiculed when they start looking into it, or do they get ridiculed when they start making assertions about what they believe it to be? You say, well, we've got this weird crop circle in my field. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what caused it. It doesn't look like it. It, it was done too. Qu- it's too intricate and to and appeared too quickly to have been done by a human. I'm taking sort of readings of radiation and whatever, 
um, electromagnetic energy, that, that sort of thing, which seems to be in this circle, but not anywhere around it. So there, there's definitely something going on here. Um, it's when you make that leap and say, looks like a UFO did this, it looks like an extraterrestrial did this. I mean, that's when the ridicule kicks in, I think, as soon as you speculate. I'm, as long as you're staying scientific and just stating what you can back up, what you can definitely show to be true, there's no room to ridicule you. Let me give uh, you a personal experience. Um, okay. And see if you still feel the same way there. Okay. Uh, so it, it, it won't surprise anyone that I'm, uh, I'm, I'm on a number of Facebook crop circle um, pages. Mm. So there was one particular uh, person who claims to make crop circles. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I'm one of the first people to say, yes, there are man-made crop circles. Hmm. There are definitely man-made crop circles. There, there is no question. Um, having visited many, many crop circles over, over decades, um, I I feel personally that I can easily tell the difference. Man-made ones are much more they're they're rougher round the edges. Mm -hmm. The crops themselves are broken rather than um, bent at the nose. There's, there's all sorts of things which I've talked about many times on the on the podcast. So I'm not going to go into hmm. all that. And in fact, I but saw my first one with you quite recently. You um, did, albeit not up close, which was a shame. Not up close. We didn't. We weren't able to actually physically get to it. But it, and it, I, I believe it was in a field that had been harvested. Wasn't the crop had been harvested, uh, but the had, image yes. was retained. And it was, I say, quite a quite an intricate image. One that would have been very difficult for someone to do with a a plank and a bit of rope, stamping yeah. it down. I, I, you know, and, and obviously the the crop was still. I know you've made that distinction that when when someone's trampled the crop down, you can't harvest it. But these crop circles, it's only slightly bent and mm. and can be harvested. But you still you're still left with the image. I, exactly. Now, I to me, it's fair to say I I think that mm. many crop circles have traits like the yeah. bent nodes that. <laughs> Whilst many crop circle makers out there have been asked many, mm. many times to prove that they can recreate this this effect, mm -hmm. nobody has come forward and, and actually done that. So um, I say, yes, some crop circles are man-made, but I believe other crop circles are the result of something other than man. I, or, I don't but, speculate on what. <laughs> I think they're still speculating. I think if you said, well, okay, these ones have obviously been made by a bloke, quite crudely mm -hmm. made by a bloke with a plank of wood and a bit of rope to make sure he gets a perfect circle. These other ones have been made in a different way. Yes. That's quite, that's quite demonstrable. No one can shoot you down for that i think as soon as you start saying this has a, a, a <laughs> yes. paranormal extraterrestrial origin i think that's when people start saying oh wait a minute you've made a bit of a leap there you, mate you you see you say that but the uh, the people who make crop circles are absolutely plain and clear it is only with boards and ropes that's okay it. that they, that is it they might use lasers for measurements fair enough but but the actual creation of the circle is only with boards Boards of wood, like planks of wood, and bits of rope. 
Okay, so they're they're adamant that yes. not only are they all man-made, but they are also man-made in a particular way. Yes, there is one. There's one method for making a crop circle, and I don't. I've never heard of any other ways of doing it, and so that's the only way. That's what? exactly it. Now. There, there, there was one particular chap on these Facebook pages uh, who kept repeatedly saying, like every time anyone posted anything about the mysteries of crop circles, he would come in and, in in a ridiculing fashion, say mm. how he knows he knows for a fact that mm. all crop circles are man-made. Yeah. So I put it to him. Well, are you suggesting that you have visited? every single crop circle in the world mm. to make such a bold claim. So you were saying before that as long as you stick to a fairly scientific approach, nobody can ridicule you. That led to a campaign of bullying, mm. harassment. Uh, he trawled through, well, not just him, but but others as well, trawled through my uh, my Twitter feeds, my Facebook feeds, uh, to find photos, taking them out of context that might, like, you know, for example, uh, photos of me wearing Star Trek uniforms, things like that, mm. start a post in these, plastering them all over the place, all over these Facebook pages, saying, how can anyone take you seriously? You're a moron, you're an idiot, um, or this kind of thing. So you obviously touched the very raw nerve there. By saying, him feel... how can you say you know? I, you know, and I, I even mm. said like, I can accept if you just say you believe they're all man-made, you'll get all the respect in the world from me. Yeah, because I believe. Obviously, I haven't been able belief. to. Yeah, I haven't been able to visit these ones in Africa or Asia or the Americas, but um, I believe, looking at them, that they were made the same way I made them. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, it's a it's a point of maybe they, they're just their English isn't very good. No, this is this is someone who who was born and lives uh, in Warminster in yeah, the UK. Yeah, but I, I know lots Wiltshire. of people born and bred and raised in Britain whose English isn't very good. Going by yeah, going by his comments on Facebook, nothing wrong with his English. Okay, uh, his grammar is perfectly fine. Um, yeah, but the syntax so, to say I know about something that you actually haven't even seen. Yeah, you know how it was made, and I That's, questioned. Do you really mean you know, or mm. you know? Well, that led to yeah, a campaign. Yeah. Well, you know, um, if you, if you know how it was made, that also implies that you know who made it and what techniques they used. Otherwise, how can you say you know? Well, I'm I mean, it, he yeah. he claims, and I've I've got absolutely no yeah. reason to dispute this. Uh, he claims to, I mean, he claims to have made most of the crop circles in Wiltshire um, mm. over the last twenty years. Uh, or and those few that he didn't make, he claims to know who made them. But okay, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, the, the the point I'm really making that we've kind of digressed quite yeah. a bit there um, is that when you say that you know uh, about Linda Moulton Howe, yeah, she 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 doesn't have to make wild claims for the debunkers to come in and start a. Uh, ridiculing and um, and and such like with her, uh, she has done quite a bit. Of, I mean, back on crop circles, uh, Linda mm. Howe has looked at crop circles quite a bit. She's come up with some things that I personally don't agree with. 
Okay. Uh, she suggested there are connections with uh, certain light energies. Um, okay. And presented photographs with what I'm going to describe as light artifacts uh, that could be otherwise explained. Hmm. Um, but yeah, so she does make some. Uh, you'll get no bones from me. She does make some bold claims. Uh, she makes some claims that I don't necessarily agree with, but at no point does she say this is what is happening as a fact. Oh, and I think well, yeah, we're not really digressing. I, th I think that just the impression I've got is that back in the day when she was talking about smog pollution, water pollution in drinking water, alternative energy sources, she was her she was the investigative journalist, and she would she would gather the evidence and make her case um that but suddenly when it comes to crop circles ufos whatever she started to get less rigorous and a lot more speculative that she's saying she what she believes she what she what she's convinced of um but no i mean no real evidence there's a story that came out that she was associated with and this story came out and, and this is again lack of intellectual lack of rigor um she claimed back in well i don't know when she when did she claim it when the story broke oh the story broke in 2022 but she claimed that back in 2017 um four ai robots in a laboratory in japan killed 29 scientists 10, 29 scientists. Um, okay. I'd not yeah, heard she, that story myself. Yeah. Uh, the article says, journalist and conspiracy theorist Linda Moulton Howe told the story at the Conscious Life Expo in Los Angeles in February 2017, and a video from the event has now gone viral after it was circulated on social media. In her speech about AI and alien encounters, Howe recalls a phone call she said she had with a former Marine who had been working for the CIA. Um, in Japan this week, four robots being developed for military applications killed 29 humans in the lab, and they did it by shooting what he called metal bullets. As if there's... A, I'm sure there are other kinds, but may, you kind of assume a bullet's metal. Um, he, and this guy apparently added that um, although the workers deactivated two of the robots and took the third one apart... The fourth robot began restoring itself and somehow connected to a satellite to download information about how it could rebuild itself even more, better, even better than before. Um, but it didn't make the mainstream news. Twenty-nine scientists being killed in a. I mean, if these were military robots, well, <laughs> they're obviously doing something right. Yeah, they they did what they're intended to do. They you know, they they're building something that will kill people. Mm. Military robots, and they they killed the people making it. Um, yeah, and it was a this weird story that she put out there that she claimed, but none of the mainstream media, 29 scientists supposedly killed in a factory. And um, has it been hushed up? Is it just a, um, well, a bizarre conspiracy theory? And, and that's, so that's just the impression I've got of Linda Moulton Howe, that she's kind of lost her, her integrity a bit. She's gone from investigating and, and stating what she can prove what she can demonstrate to um well she's she's now um she's now described 
who is described as a credulous, a credulous journalist. Um, that she's 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 liable to she's more inclined to believe things with less evidence. I'm I'm going to suggest that there are of course going to be certain parties who will hmm. who will say that she has no credibility that will have an active interest hmm. uh, in wanting to promote that. Um, I think with investigative journalism as a whole, though. The idea is you go out, you do the research, you come up with uh, a kind of... With investigative journalism. So you're going to put hours and hours and hours and days, weeks, even months Mm -hmm. of research. And when you present your information, you've got to water it down. You can't present every single bit of research that has led you to a certain conclusion. You can just say... Here is the conclusion that I have come to. Yeah, I mean, it's you're pretty much following something like the scientific method that you notice something yeah. and you wonder about it and you yeah. formulate a theory and then you start gathering evidence or you set up some kind of experiment to to test the theory and you arrive at yeah, the reason why there's no more fish in this river is because this factory upstream is dumping whatever into the into the water and killing them all. Yeah. Well, you can look at the fact that the factory is dumping stuff into the river. You can look at the fact that the fish are dead. And mm. an investigative journalist will speculate that the two are connected. Yeah. Now, that's perfectly reasonable and rational, and we come to expect that. Mm. However, when it comes to certain subjects, and I will say there are certain... But we see this all the time in the UK, um, mm. where... <sighs> I mean, as, as, as an example, we get politicians who will stand up in Parliament and lie, hmm. and the media then takes that lie on board and says, well, this is the fact, this is the truth, and it must be the hmm. truth because a politician's not allowed to lie in Parliament. Hmm. Um, no, we're just not allowed to call them out as being liars, or, or other MPs are not allowed to call them out as being liars. That's the difference. Um, but that will be put forward as fact. And we accept that. But when someone puts together two things that are not in the media's interest or the government's interest or anything like that, um, then they're called, you know, crazies, basically. Conspiracy theories. Um, I'm thinking more of something something slightly different. Um, I think it's been called the dual brain, where... You'll have someone who might be a very intelligent person, might be a doctor, scientist, whatever, architect. Um, And on most subjects, they have a very considered and um, interesting insight. But sometimes there'll be one subject on which they're not rational at all. Um, It's like scientists who, yeah, they're perfectly able to do their job as a scientist, but they have some strange religious belief for instance that Mm -hmm. runs counter to all their science but they're kind of able to compartmentalize it so i'm saying you know linda moulton howe she's a great investigative journalist she knows how to do her job she knows how to gather evidence or, or find a story gather evidence tell a good story but on this particular subject she's less objective i i i i disagree i think 
she's she's gone out she's done the investigative journalism in exactly mm. the same way yes she'll go out and investigate all oh, the fish are dying in this river yeah well let's look at the dead fish oh they're dead from lead poisoning okay well there's this factory up the road sure. that has a lead byproduct hmm. um and it's pumping its waste into the river but when she presents it she just says the fish are dead from this factory dumping the stuff she's not she will accept that but when it comes to just a different subject matter so she'll look into Mm. case after case after case of cattle mutilation she'll look at the intricate detail of of each um of each case of each um each mutilation she'll look at report after report after report of ufo activity around the vicinity of that cattle mutilation at the time it happened she pulls all that together and says yep i'm convinced that there is a connection between these two things because she has done the research but because it's it's cattle mutilations and not fish being poisoned hmm one is less credible than the other. I don't. I, I don't. Agree. I, I think it's because in the case of fish poisoning, you've got fish that are poisoned by lead or heavy metals, and you've got a factory dumping those mm-hmm. materials into the river, and downstream fish are, are dying of, of po- poisoning from it. So you can kind of. You don't even have to link the two together. You can say the fish are being. Yeah, we found these fish. Scientists have looked at them. They were killed by this. And by the way, upstream there's a factory dumping this stuff in the river. Now I'm not saying that um, it's the factory that caused the fish to die, but you know there's these two things which are are easily linked. With the cattle mutilations and crop circles, UFOs in the sky. Yeah, you can say the things were seen in the sky. We don't know what they are. We found crop circles. We found cattle mutilation. But we can't find a cause. So these things happening simultaneously, but there's no obvious smoking gun. There's no no obvious malefactor in in the, and and that's when she leaps. She makes a a speculative leap that these things are connected, and that they are, uh, as she says, she's convinced that there's an extraterrestrial intelligence, and and that's where you invite the ridicule because you've become you've stopped being objective and you've started to speculate i I think i i i see exactly what you're saying Mm -hmm. but i personally think that speculation that level of speculation is inherent to investigative journalism certainly but it speculation is um a starting point you wonder if this is caused by this Mm -hmm. and then you look at how you can investigate that and with these things there's there's no way to investigate you've just got these phenomena which may or may not be connected and no nothing to really look into there's no yeah you can look around and see is is there a possible prosaic explanation i mean that's that's Mm -hmm. got to be your first point of call always hasn't it you've got to be able to say well because that's what your critics going to say well it could have been this or it could have been that you've got to be able to to rule those things out Mm. um but even having ruled all those things out i mean i know Sherlock Holmes famously said, you know, you must eradicate um, um, all the impossible and whatever you got left, however improbable is your, your answer. But that's in the case de- of... Very, yeah. very famously debunked and is absolute... Um, it's Absolutely, it's just basically. something Sherlock Holmes said, but people still <laughs> quote it. And in the case of, case of the, the, these phenomena, these 
these strange phenomena, they're, they're, you, you've got nothing left. You say, you say well, well I've, I've eradicated this, I've eradicated that, it wasn't caused by this, it wasn't caused by that, mm-hmm. but I still, this, I've got, now I've got nothing. Whatever you've got left it has to be the cause. Well, I've got nothing apart from speculating about something yeah. beyond the bounds of human experience. I absolutely agree. I just think yeah. it's it's. Are we actually disagreeing on this? I'm not, I don't, I'm not so I, sure anymore. I, no, I think I think we're in agreement uh, about the nature of how these things work. I just think hmm. we're in disagreement. Um, about whether or not it's the it's the, for me just the fact it's ufology related makes mm. people go oh but that's nonsense yeah of course they will. and that's that's what i'm seeing um mm. you know, like i said when it's an environmental fact so she's looking at hydrogen as an alternative fuel um that is that is very speculative ground very speculative i mean that's conspiracy theory level stuff Hydrogen um, fuel cell technology is a, is a. Don't we have buses in London that run on it? We do now. Mm. We do now, but back then, back in the seventies, that was conspiracy level stuff. That's what <laughs> I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So she speculated. She hmm. made connections. That's that's yeah. It's just the fact it's ufology. People are uh, less ready to. Mm. Well, people are. Certain people are more ready to ridicule and debunk. And I, I think. think uh, I think people where... are more more likely to receive that kind of speculation in fiction form. Science fiction is often called speculative fiction. What if there was this thing that could do this? Um, what would that mean for you? And you, you tell a story about it, and how could that possibly go wrong? You know, the, certainly AI. Well, we've seen, we've all seen Terminator. We know how badly that can go wrong. <laughs> Skynet. Well, absolutely. Yeah. But but it's very easy for people to dismiss it when it's science fiction. But th- those same people will go and watch Terminator and enjoy it. Yeah, absolutely. But they'll dismiss the reality. Yeah. Hmm. And he. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, maybe no they'll critics. dismiss the reality because they've seen it in fiction and say, no, that's just a tale. <laughs> well, I, for one, think that Linda Moulton Howe is someone at the cutting edge of UFO investigations, and uh, I think she should be followed. And if you want to do so, listeners, her website is earthfiles.com. So worth going and having a look at that. Um, I don't think you'll be... Uh, subscribing any day soon will you neil i i probably won't no i'm really busy these days (laughs) (laughs) fair enough but uh but let us know what you think about uh linda and her career uh listeners we would love to hear any thoughts any stories you've got to share uh any anecdotes uh, any opinions as well you can let us know via the usual means you can email us aliensexplored at gmail.com you can contact us through putting a comment on our youtube channel you can find us on facebook and twitter and comment to us there or if you are one of our patreon subscribers you get exclusive access to our discord server so you can uh, you can message us through there and chat with like-minded people as well join us next time though uh, oh 
I, this one's one I know you've been looking forward to, Neil. <laughs> um, this is the 1814 British attack on Washington, D.C. And were extraterrestrials involved? We'll be looking at that next week, so don't miss that one. In the meantime, keep watching cat, out for cattle mutilations, crop circles, UFOs, all kinds of things. And, of course, keep watching the people involved in ufology like Linda Moulton-Hell as well. And, of course, keep watching the skies. Take care for now. Catch you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you.